Welcome to Islamic Life Coach School Podcast. Apply tools that you learn in this podcast and your life will be unrecognizably successful. Now your host, Dr. Kamal Akhtar. Hello, hello, hello everyone. Peace and blessings be upon all of you. Today we are celebrating the 50th episode of this podcast. Alhamdulillah. So excited and super thrilled with how this podcast has been received. I have a special gift for you today. This concept that I'm about to give you today completely changed my life, and I'm sure it will do the same for you. Today, we're going to talk about a different definition of self-love, which is radical self-love. This self-love goes above and beyond a mani and petty or a bubble bath. Big part of breaking old trauma and chronic stress patterns is self-reflection. If you don't look inside, then you never find out that the voice of the nafs is what's causing all the problems. And when I ask my clients to engage in understanding their thoughts and to really write out what their brain is thinking, they go into immediate resistance. Human beings create all of their results from their thoughts, and the resistance is stemming from discovering some really raw, painful thoughts. After that, naturally, the reaction is to completely shut down and to stop the process. So if you've tried to self-coach through my podcast and you can't seem to make any progress, or you can't even get yourself to sit down to write down your thoughts, then chances are you are in judgment or shame for yourself. This judgment and shame comes in the way of radical self-love. Let's explore what I mean about that. As always, the basics are that circumstances prompt thoughts that create feelings that then create actions and that lead to results. I'm going to give you very common formulas or models that usually come into light for my clients when they are in coaching sessions with me. Most common clean models look something like this. Circumstance, board meeting, thought, I'm not qualified enough to be at the executive's meeting. Feeling, self-conscious. Action, don't take action to create any confidence. Don't ask to be at the meeting. Don't take any steps to gain more qualifications. Result, remain unqualified. The result always proves the thought correct. Circumstance, kids school, thought. Packing healthy lunch is a waste of time. They don't need it anyways. Feeling, defeated. Action, don't pack healthy lunch. Every time kids reject vegetables, gather more evidence that they don't eat healthy. Continue to buy packaged foods. Result. Packing healthy lunch remains a waste of time. Circumstance. Work, house, kids, studies, thought. I have so much to do. Feeling overwhelmed. I spin and worry about how much there is to do, not spending any actual time monotasking in each field, not getting anything done. Result. So much remains to be done. Circumstance. Waking up at 8 a.m. Thought, I can never pray Fajr on time. Feeling, frustrated. Action, I notice how everyone else seems to be praying on time. Feeling worse by comparison. Constant cycling of frustration and missing recitation of the Quran. Worrying about missing your ibadah while standing in other prayers. Gathering more evidence and like how I can't pray with concentration. Result, proving thoughts of not praying on time. Circumstance, work, thought. I am in a low-level job, feeling unmotivated, action, 
I don't work to provide value. I don't bring energy to workspace. I see how everyone else is also just going through the motions. Nothing about work excites me. Result, it continues to be a low-level job. These are just some of the examples of undesired result that my clients are living. For these types of models to come into awareness, a few things need to happen. First, you have to create a clean model, meaning circumstances have to be completely factual. My mother-in-law is a horrible person is not a circumstance. That's your opinion. Your mother-in-law is the circumstance, which is completely neutral. After that, you have to figure out which problematic thought you're having so that you can plug that into the thought line. Only one sentence can go in the thought line. And for this thought to even come to surface for you to self-coach around it, you have to write things down. This is the part where I get the most resistance. People would rather have me solve all of their problems. They would rather have me bring everything to awareness for them, but they don't want to do it for themselves. Guess what, guys? I'm not always going to be around even if you're in my program, so I teach this method to you regardless. In my program, we just go into a lot more detail about this model with my coaching. But until you're deciding to sign up for my coaching, go to my website, www.islamiclifecoachschool.com slash free to get the 10-step guide to self-coaching. The next is the feeling line where you write down one emotion. I don't feel like doing work today is not an emotion. Or, I feel like I want to eat the whole chocolate cake is not an emotion. They are just more thoughts. Here you have to put down one word for an emotion. The thought from the T line generates that emotion. Next is the action line, where you write down all the actions that you are taking from that feeling, including any inactions or any thought actions. Then comes the result line, which usually proves any of the lines above, but especially the thought line. So why would people rather have me solve their problems and not themselves? And that's because I come off as an authority figure to them. I train very hard in the discipline of coaching and they don't think they have those skills. That's understandable, but also untrue. <laughs> I mean, understandable, but completely not true. Everyone has skills to coach themselves. The problem actually is that when clients decide to self-reflect, a lot of ugly thoughts show their face, like in the examples above. And immediate reaction is to go into judgment for yourself for having these thoughts and completely shut down and not look back. This discovery of I can't believe I'm having these thoughts makes you want to seal them off and walk away, which means all these thoughts continue to create the results in your life from a subconscious level. The trick to making this process easy is to remember that at any given point, the brain is having a tug of war between two parts, one brain and two minds. One is the higher brain, the executive mind, the future planning and controlling mind. The other one is the lower brain, the comfort seeking, the pleasure seeking, the avoiding pain mind. One is the guidance of your soul and the other one is the voice of your nafs. One brain says, I have big dreams, I want to do things, I want to go places. The other one says, sit back down, there's no way anything you do will make any difference. So we have a loving mind and an abusive mind. So when you actually sit down to do a thought output, when you write your own thoughts down, 
you are writing sentences that are originating from either of these two sources. Thoughts creating negative results in your life come from the nafs or the lower brain. The thoughts creating best results in your life come from the executive brain. You go into shutdown mode because you judge yourself for having negative thoughts that create negative results. And when you shut down, you cannot create change. Radical self-love is actually the opposite of this judgment. Radical love is that you love yourself for having these thoughts. Revolutionary. Imagine when you do your self-reflection and you see that you have one of these above thoughts, I have so much to do, I cannot pray on time, not qualified to be at the meeting. When you're doing this writing exercise and these sentences come into light, at that point, imagine you're sitting in a room with two of you, one that is writing these thoughts and the one that is observing you writing these thoughts. One person is the thinker and the other one is the watcher of the first person. Both are sitting across from each other at the table. So here, when you're doing this watching, your relationship with your internal self is activated. This is self-reflection. Remember, Allah doesn't change the condition of the people until they change what is in themselves. First step to this internal change is this self-reflection. Majority of people in the world do not engage in this active watching of the self because it makes them uncomfortable. But this watching of the self is the key to success. So if you're not considering two people in the room, you're doing it wrong. You have to be the observer and the doer of the thinking. That's two people. Once you're watching yourself from across the table, what are the emotions you're feeling about the person who's responsible for this thinking, this model? Remember, this version of you is saying, I have a low-level job. I have so much to do. I'm not qualified. I can't ever seem to lose weight. On and on and on. How do you feel about her? My guess is that you're feeling anger, frustration, pity, shame, judgment. My guess you're going to be mad at her for feeding you this poison. I know I was personally enraged. I thought to myself, how dare she? How can I possibly be thinking this? Here I am telling myself I'm less than others, less successful, less spiritual. How come I've been telling myself this all my life? This garbage, this filth, this nonsense. I was in deep, deep anger and frustration over myself. Which is now sitting across the table from me, my nafs. You are sitting across the table from you, and you do not like what you see. This is where self-reflection comes to a hard stop. But the irony is, learning to accept her is the only way to create change in your life. If you keep ignoring her existence, or if you stay angry at her, she will continue to run your life. Whatever you feel for her is your relationship with you, and that is what you will feel for other people. If you judge her, you will constantly be judging others. If you hate her, you will be hating everyone and everything. If you are angry, if you are sad, upset, if you can't forgive her, you will feel the same about other people in your life. What you feel inwardly is what you project outwardly, and then the cycle perpetuates because whatever feedback you're getting from the world 
proves to you how much hate and anger there is to be felt for yourself. We have it all backwards. We're trying to solve problems outwards in. They need to be solved inwards out. We spend our entire lives trying to fix other people, other things, just so we can fix how we feel. This is like trying to look for the keys that you dropped inside a dark room and then walking outside in the brightness to go looking for them. You'll never find them there. You have to bring the light inside. Key to how you feel better is inside of you. It lies with your relationship with the person sitting at the table. This person sitting at the table doing the thinking, she's been telling you, I'm not good at math. I can never be wealthy. I'm nervous going to new places because I can't find directions. I can't succeed in politics. I'm an introvert. Success is for extroverts. I'm a horrible person for not being able to lower my gaze. I will not do good at this interview. My kids can never be successful because I can't teach them the perfect Islam. This is non-stop. When you take a seat at the table with her who has been feeding you this ugliness, whatever you feel about her is your relationship with you. This relationship primes you to think and feel the way you do about the world. And that is exactly how you will perceive the world is treating you. So if you hate her, you will hate the world and the world will hate you back. If you're angry, you'll see angry people everywhere and you will see Allah's anger and punishment everywhere. But if you love her, oh boy, if you love her, you will receive love from everywhere and you will see Allah's love for you. If you respect her, you will respect the world and the world will respect you. So the self-reflection is not to change her because there is nothing wrong with her. It is to notice her and to love her. She doesn't need to be changed. She is you and you are her and you are a hundred percent worthy, infinitely loved by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He had no need of you, but yet you are here, created. That is proof of his love for you. This person at the table only responds to acceptance, respect, and love. If you try to change her, she will get angrier and bigger. If you're having a hard time accepting her, if you're resisting loving her and saying, yeah, but she should just get out of here. She shouldn't exist. I will tell you she is here to stay because this is the design of Allah. Come to an understanding. If the nafs wasn't there, you'd be an angel. Never disobeying, never struggling. This is the design of the Creator and she was always meant to be there. This was so you could overcome the obstacles she places and rise above them. You have to be better than her. Not only accept her, but to love her. This is radical self-love. You will not find this definition on Google because this design is specifically for you so you can thrive. You can never rise above her if you're constantly badgering her. People tell me, but I can't believe I'm thinking this. I need to fix this. Well, why can't you believe it? Of course you're thinking all of this. This is how it is supposed to be. This is how you're programmed. And this programming gives you a special place among all of the rest of the creations of Allah. The world has us believing that we are defective for having this type of thinking. This is mostly so they can sell us things that make us feel better. Make us more worthy, less shameful. Islam says your worthiness is always intact. 
always 100%. And the only thing that separates humans in ranks in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is taqwa. And you cannot raise your God consciousness, your taqwa, until you stop fighting your nafs. All humans are created with this design. Just learn to respect your nafs and you will be liberated from it. So this is not a defect. There's nothing wrong with you. It makes you stronger. Respect her and love her for the sake of radical self-love. Through this love, you'll come to see the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Only through this love is when you start to see the love of other human beings for you, your husband, your children, your parents, even strangers. You start to see unconditional love because you love yourself unconditionally. You will see love all around you, even for people that abused you. Yes, you heard me correctly. If you love her, you will see love in people, even if they abused you. They've been acting from their own nafs all along. They just happen to hate their nafs, and that's why they hate themselves. They never accepted it. That's why their nafs rules them. This is how you find forgiveness for others. By forgiving your nafs, that person at the table. Anyone that has ever tried to take your rights is just being a slave to their nafs. And I've said it before in my episode related to trauma that just because you accepted your abuser for who they are does not mean that you allowed their behavior or somehow you brought it upon yourself. Just that you're accepting what happened because that was real. When you drop the resistance to reality, you can change it. Your radical love for yourself will liberate you. Do not just forgive her, love her with passion, with strength, with commitment. I am committed to loving the person at the table with me. She is me. After you've practiced this kind of love for yourself, the struggle to find time to go for a spa day is going to seem so inconsequential. But you're welcome to do that if that's what you want. You, sitting across from you at the table, the observer and the doer of the thinking, remember, observation of this thinking is strictly a higher brain function. This person who is doing the thinking is telling you, I can't be a millionaire. I can't be the president of the United States. How can I be a good Muslim? I can't even pray on time. Nobody wants my product. It's hard to create a business. This self of yours will stay unconscious if you don't shed the light of active reflection. And the best practice I suggest is that you give her a name. Tell her that it's okay for feeding you this nonsense all of your life and that you love her. I have a name for my lower brain, by the way. <laughs> I call her Wubby. I don't know if I told you guys this. Her name is Wubby and I love her. She goes everywhere with me. <laughs> name that self sitting across the table from you. Name her something innocent, even nonsensical, reminding you how inconsequential her thoughts are once you identify them. Use the model to deepen the radical love for yourself. Do not use it to find faults. That is not what the model is supposed to be for. This way you're actually deepening the love for your creator. And that is the reason we use self-reflection. We don't use it to hate ourselves more or to fix something that is broken. We do it to polish our hearts so we can then receive the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. After having gone through a lifetime of a thick jungle of hardships and struggles, 
we come to a clearing where we find love for ourselves and the unconditional love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for us. From that clear field, you can launch your life to be at the highest possible altitude. You use that open space as a launching pad. Modern psychologists have you watch yourself against yourself. Have you protect yourself against yourself? They tell you the self is out to get the self. And all this time you're thinking, what is going on? Which self is after me and which self is for me? Which one is protecting me and which one is fighting me? <laughs> it gets all so confusing. You only have one true self and that is your soul that Allah created in His image that was breathed into you in the womb. Your connection to your soul and in turn Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is through your higher thoughts and feelings. That's all. There's also another entity that happens to be there that is the nafs that was put for you to strive against. But that does not define you. She will only define you if you don't recognize her. Loving her renders her powerless. Any resistance to knowing yourself on such a deep, intimate level is what blocks the light of the nur of Allah from entering. That's what keeps the heart in the dark. Once you allow the light in, through choosing love for your nafs, you will progress towards nafs al-mutma'inna, feeling peaceful and tranquil. The most incredible thing is when people are asked if everything in the world was ideal, how would they want to feel? They don't say happy. They say peaceful. This includes all of my clients. So we are all striving for that nafs al-mutma'inna, that tranquility. All of the self-limiting beliefs are because of the nafs and your hate and anger for her is blocking you from changing any of these beliefs. So you love her anyways. You don't love her despite her shortcomings. You love her because of them. She doesn't know any better. She will always be this way. And she will always be with you until the day you die. So why not choose love? Total and unconditional love. The highest emotion a human being can feel and project. This way, the nafs will be rendered powerless. She will have no grounding to cause havoc and disruption. And shaitan will have no place to live. And all of a sudden, automatically, your negative experiences will shrink. That rumination of why this doesn't happen to me, that questioning of your circumstances of why do things have to be like this for me? Why am I born in an immigrant family? Why do I have an accent and English is not my first language? Why is my skin dark? This disagreement with your qadr is the nafs talking. I want you to separate her from reality. Bring her into recognition. Accept her as herself and love her. There is no force in the world that can abuse you after that. Because if you love this part of you, then no force outside of you can make you feel bad about yourself. This is the function of self-reflection through CTFAR. This is why I love this approach so much. You cannot tell if your thought is coming from the nafs until you find out what result it is creating for you. If the result is not serving you, it is a thought coming from your nafs. This is the most simplified, most applicable form of cognitive behavioral therapy. This formula lets you coach yourself. This, to me, is the highest purpose of self-reflection.
and I am a firm believer that this level of mental health can be available to everyone. Technology is available to everyone at the palm of their hands. Why not mental health? So go get your free guide to self-reflection at islamiclifecourseschool.com slash free titled 10 Steps to Self-Coaching. That is my free gift to you in celebration of our 50th episode. I will also leave the link in the show notes. Every time you sit for self-reflection to shed light on any undesirable experience, bring that second person in the room. How you feel about the person doing the thinking defines your relationship with yourself. I pray for a lifetime of love and fulfillment for you, for yourself. I pray for a lifetime of tranquility for each and every one of you. And that can only be achieved through accepting this design of our Creator. Alhamdulillah. Through the knowledge of positive psychology, through neurosciences, through the power of heart and mind, I am committed to providing you value through this podcast. You can also find me on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. I will add all those links in the show notes. And of course, I'm committed to providing you the highest value through my coaching programs. Please pray for Baraka for my time and my efforts in this journey. And as a special request for the 50th episode, since I gave you such a life-changing concept, please leave me a review for this podcast. I pray through active self-reflection, you get to recognize how harmless your nafs actually is, that person at the table. And I pray that you find radical self-love. I will talk to you guys next time. Hey, are you thinking about coaching? I invite you to a complimentary consultation with me where I can help you define the solution to your problem, regardless if you choose to work with me in the Empowered Muslim Women program or not. So you really have nothing to lose. Access the appointment link through the show notes and inshallah, I will see you there.